Awesome. Hey, if you got your Bible, go ahead and turn to Philippians. Uh, we're going to start chapter 3 tonight. Philippians chapter 3. Move this just a little. You guys ready for Easter weekend? Do you have school off tomorrow? No? Monday, okay. This is a high school. All right, Philippians chapter 3. Do y'all with some things in life, do you ever, um, we, let me say it this way, we drift towards some things even though we know we shouldn't. I, uh, you guys ever done the lighthouse trail up at Paladura? Um, remember, I guess, that's probably about two years ago, we went with some friends, and I had bought these vanilla wafers from um, Slayton Bakery. These are like legit good vanilla wafers. So I thought, hey, we'll eat a few on the trail. Well, one of the younger girls with this, she really, really liked the vanilla wafers. So she ended up, she had these pockets on her shirt, and she just stuffed her pockets full of vanilla wafers. So the whole way down the trail, she just killing them, right? Just killing them. And her parents are like, hey, I, you've eaten a lot. Even I was like, hey, just a lot of vanilla wafers. Oh, they're so good. I like them. So sure enough, like an hour later at dinner, she's like, my tummy hurts. And we're like, yeah, you reckon? Like, you just hiked like six miles with a belly full of vanilla wafers. Like, not a good idea. But we all drift towards, we all, I mean, can't get amen, we all drift towards eating a, what, what we like too much. You know what I'm saying? Right? Like Chick-fil-A, anybody out there? Yeah, like, I just ate that. Don't talk about it. Um, some, things, some things are more subtle. Like, so, for example, even though we know we shouldn't eat, overeat, uh, even when people remind us, we still do it. But it's kind of obvious that like we know we shouldn't, and you feel yourself getting full and sick. But some things are not as obvious. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm just not getting to the point where I realize that I really do need to put on sunscreen when I go outside. Okay? So Lauren will tell you, she's like, uh, every time we go somewhere, she's like, I don't want to be your mom, but have you put on sunscreen? Um, I remember the weekend that Lauren and I got married, uh, my buddy Garrett, who a lot of y'all know and hear me talk about, but he was there at the wedding with us. And the day before, so the day of the um, rehearsals, the day before we got married, Lauren and I, um, all the guys went to the beach. And Garrett, if you know Garrett, this sounds like Garrett. He goes, dude, I'm going to get fried, man. I'm, I'm going to get burnt. I'm like, that doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to get, it's going to be crazy, man. So sure enough, we're out there at the beach all day. Then went to the pool. He never put on any sunscreen. And y'all, Garrett is a white boy, okay? <laughs> like, I ain't trying to make it about race up in here, but that boy, he is very, very white. So sure enough, we're getting ready for the rehearsal that night, and he's like, dang, man, this thing, my shirt hurts. I'm like, yeah, because your skin is falling off. Like, <laughs> like at the wedding, we're out there dancing, there's little, like, skin flakes just coming off, right? Um, it was, it's disgusting. Uh, but the, the thing about the sun is, is that it can, it kind of creeps up on you. Like, even if it's cloudy outside, like, oh, this is no big deal. And sure enough, you know, we're getting sunburned if you're not careful. And even though, it's funny, even though I still know, even though I know in my heart that I shouldn't go out in the sun without putting on sunscreen, I'm, I kind of, I'm prone towards do that, towards doing that. I lean towards doing that. There are lots of things in our lives that even though maybe we, we, we're aware of it, we just, we drift towards doing those things, even though we know like it could be dangerous and could end up bad. But some of those things they actually, from a distance, they look like good things. I'm going to explain this in a second. So we drift towards them thinking we're doing the right thing and don't even realize we're actually going the wrong direction. It's almost like if you're on a hiking trail and you think you're, you, see the, you see the goal up here and you think you're going the right direction, but it turns out you've been on the wrong trail for a long time. 
one of those things, I think for all of us, even if you're not a, even if you're in here tonight, you don't consider yourself a Christian, you don't consider yourself a religious person, I think you probably still fall into this category, unless you just flat out don't think God exists. But most of us tend towards, drift towards, thinking that our relationship with God is based on what we do. We, didn't, we, we drift towards thinking, well, God's mad at me. He must be mad at me because I've done some bad things. Or, man, I, I went to church. I did this good thing, so I haven't been doing stupid things, so he must be really happy with me. We tend towards thinking that our relationship with God is based on what we do or don't do. Uh, kind of maybe a little bit fancier word for that is legalism. So that you think everything in your life and your relationship with God is dependent on quote, following the law, all these rules, right? It's all these rules and regulations. So the word we're going to use for that is legalism, thinking that your, your relationship with God, your standing with him is based on what you do or don't do. And it's interesting, this problem has been around for a really, really long time. This isn't like a new thing, like, yeah, American Christians, they just kind of, they think their relationship with God is based on what they do. This has been around for a long time. Like, even back in Philippians and actually throughout the whole Bible, we see this tendency of people to, to move towards putting their faith and their trust in how good they are, how good they're trying to be. There is a group, we're going to see here in Philippians 3 in a second, there is a group, uh, I know this is like a really lame name, but they, a lot of, they refer to themselves as the circumcision sect, S-E-C-T. So in the Old Testament, circumcision was uh, the sign of the covenant. It was the sign that you, were, um, that you belonged to God, that you've been set apart, you were one of his people. Well, in the New Testament, what, the covenant is about Jesus, right? It's about his blood. That's like we take the, if you know what, the, when I say the Lord's Supper, we drink the, the little very, very tiny cup of juice. I'm, I'm thirsty, I want some more, right? And the little bread cracker. Um, that's a sign of the new covenant. Baptism is a sign of the new covenant. But so circumcision wasn't the sign of the covenant anymore. So what you have in the New Testament, Paul's going around to these churches, preaching to these churches, spreading the gospel, going back to churches he'd already started, helping them grow in their faith. And this group called the circumcision sect, who was very legalistic, would come behind Paul. Here's what they would do. This is really important. I know this message kind of like, why is he telling us all this? It's really important. What they would do, they would say, they would tell people who were Gentiles, meaning they weren't Jews, so some of them hadn't been circumcised. They would say, hey, you know what? Jesus is good and all, and you can... You can be in right relationship with God. You can belong to him. You can be part of the covenant. But you got to be circumcised. Jesus is great, but you got to do this too. The problem was, just to make it simple, that they were making about rules and regulations. Because Jesus said, anybody who wants to, come to me, right? If you'll turn to me, there's forgiveness, there's hope, there's mercy, there's grace. But they, so they were coming along and saying, hey, all that's true, but you have to follow these rules. You have to do these things. Does that make sense? Are there still people like that today? Well, I'll tell you what. You wear a hat in church, you're probably going to hell, right? That may seem kind of old school. Even people our age, we, t- we tend to think that way. By the way, I don't think that for you to have a hat on. <laughs> we, we tend to still think that today. We think that our relationship with God is based on what we do or don't do. Well, I, I haven't been drinking as much, so I think me and God are tight, you know? Legalism. What is so dangerous about legalism? Why should we beware of legalism? Check out chapter 3. I love how he starts. He says, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. So he's saying, what I'm about to tell you, I've already told you before, you've already heard this, but it's worth you hearing again. Kind of like my mom 
uh, even now that I'm 31 and don't live in Florida, she'll still be like, you've been wearing your sunscreen? Because <laughs> she knows I need to be reminded of it. Paul's saying, this would be good for you to be reminded of this. Here's what he says. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God. So who he's calling dogs and evildoers and those who mutilate the flesh, guess who he's talking about? Yes, the circumcision sect. That's kind of hard to say. I'm glad that you, I feel like you understand that. Yes, it's kind of hard to say. But he's talking about them, these, these legalistic people who are saying, hey, you can know Jesus, you can belong to God, but you have to do all these things. He, he calls them dogs. He calls them evildoers. He says, watch out for them. So be careful. Don't drift that way. Don't listen to what they say. Why? Why, why do you need to keep your head on a swivel? Why do you need to beware? For we are the circumcision. What do you mean? What he's saying is, Here is who really belongs to God. Here is who really knows Jesus. So hear me real carefully here. Just because someone says they're a Christian and they kind of do good things, that doesn't mean they're a Christian. So beware of just all this religious jargon and all these um, religious activities. Just because someone says they're a Christian doesn't mean they are. Here's who really belongs to God. And here's why you need to be aware of legalism, because here's who, who really gets it. Here's who the believers are. Those who worship by the Spirit of God. So here's the first thing we see. Three things tonight. Here's the first thing. We should beware of legalism. Again, legalism, thinking my relationship with God depends on what I do or don't do. We should beware of legalism, because those who belong to God Serve him with a right heart. Let me unpack what he's saying here. He says, who worship by the Spirit of God. That, that word worship, that did, it's not like, we, we typically think of worship like what we did a few minutes ago, like you know, singing, the lights are kind of down, got my hands raised. That's not what that word is there. The idea there really is, is to serve. And it's a picture that goes back to even when they would serve in the temple and perform their, the priestly duties. And it was, all, it was all these things to honor God and to, and to please God. So it's this idea of service, not just of worship like we think of singing and things like that. We serve, you could say, by the Spirit of God. Here's what he's saying. So we try to honor God, try to please God, try to serve God, not out of just religious ritual and duty because I have to do it because it's kind of the good thing to do. I want to be a good person so God will love me. He says we serve by the Spirit of God. What that means is as followers of Christ, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, lives in us and enables us to live for Him and not just kind of go through the motions of doing the church thing, but to really, really want to live for Him and to love Him and to please Him. So then, here's what happens. You're, the way you live your life, it, it turns from just doing things because I, I should do it maybe because it's like a duty and turns it to where it's a delight, where you want to please God. Some of y'all that aren't Christians, you've been turned off by Christianity because all you've seen is a bunch of people who are serving God out of duty, and you're like, that looks pretty lame. What Paul's saying is people who really know Jesus, who aren't just following a bunch of rules, they serve God out of delight. And here's the cool thing. They begin, because they serve by the uh, Spirit of God, it's not just this outward thing, it's genuine, it's from the heart. And some of y'all, you, you know people who you feel like they're trying to do like, the Christian thing and witness to you and talk to you, but it just comes across like a duty. Like You don't even know if they really care about you. 
Someone who really knows God, they serve by the Spirit. So that means that from the inside out, the Spirit is working and changing their life so they really do care about you and want you to, to delight in Jesus. I, I don't know if this is a great illustration, but it's all I could think of. Legalism, that form of serving God, is kind of like a vending machine. We've got some vending machines out there. If you get thirsty, go grab you something. <laughs> Legalism is like a vending machine where... Yeah, all right, I want to get this Coke or Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper? Mm-hmm, chick. And so you're like, okay, I want to get Dr. Pepper, but it's going to cost me, you know, whatever, a dollar. So because I want to get Dr. Pepper, and I, I have to do this, so I pull out my dollar and begrudgingly put in my dollar and get my Dr. Pepper, which makes me happy. But it's this side. So with the vending machine, it's like, I want something good, so I'm going to, I'm going to give something. It's, it's duty, right? I have to do this. It's right. So legalism is... God, I want you to bless me. I want you to like me. I want you to do good things for me. So I'm going to put in a dollar of going to church every now and then. I'm going to put a dollar of saying a prayer every now and then. But it's all duty. Those who really belong to God and serve him by the Spirit, it's a little more like this. It's like working or serving for the best chef there is. He owns his own restaurant and all his waiters and waitresses, he invites to come and eat at his table the finest of foods anytime they want. And he treats them with kindness and love. But all he asks is that they serve others the same way that he serves them. The person, that waiter or waitress, man, they're happy. It's their delight to serve other people because of how they're treated, how they've been served by the master chef. Those who belong to God and are not just following a bunch of religious rules, they serve God with the right heart because they've experienced his love and grace. So y'all, first of all, beware of legalism because people who really know God, and if you want to grow in your relationship with Christ, man, they serve by the Spirit, not just out of duty. Some of y'all have been stiff-arming God, I don't, like, I don't want anything to do with you, God, because all you see is a bunch of rules and religious activity. And he's saying, hey, I want you to delight in me. I want you to have fun serving me. And if you really know me, that's going to happen. What's the second thing? Second reason to be aware of legalism. legalism. He says, we glory in Christ Jesus. So we should be aware of legalism because those who really know Jesus and not just think that their relationship with God depends on how good they are, how bad they aren't, but those who really know Jesus, man, they make much of Jesus, just like that sign says. They want to make much of Jesus. So here's the deal. People who really belong to Jesus and not just doing a bunch of rules and, and religious activity, man, they get excited about Jesus and not just themselves because they realize that on their own, man, they're they're not that awesome, but that Jesus is everything. They realize, uh, like Tim Keller, I say this a lot, but Tim Keller says the gospel is the truth, that we are far more wicked and evil than we could ever dare imagine, but far more loved and accepted than Christ than we ever dared hope. So people that get that and realize that, man, they get excited about Jesus. It says they, they boast, they glory in Jesus. So the person who doesn't get it, the legalistic person, they do good, quote, good things, and they do, and I, I like LeBron, so I'm not hating, they kind of walk around like this, like, you know what I'm saying? They're like, look at how spiritual I am, I'm killing it, right? He says, watch out for those people, watch out for legalism, people who really belong to, to Jesus, who are in the covenant, man, it's this picture of, they want to 
They want to put him up on their shoulders and say, hey, look at this guy. He's the hero. He's the, he's the game changer, the game winner, the buzzer beater, right? This is, this is the guy that deserves the attention. He deserves the glory. Some of us maybe are disinterested in Jesus, or maybe even as Christians, you're like stagnated in your faith and you've kind of lost interest in Jesus because you have a legalistic perspective, and so your view of life focuses on how good you are. And so when, when you're doing good things, you feel like, man, I'm pretty good, I'm pretty spiritual, and you kind of get prideful. And when you're not doing good things, you feel like God's mad at you. So at that point, Jesus is just this, this person you really have nothing to do with. Be, be careful. Legalism will mess you up. If you're not a Christian, it'll, it'll drive you further from Christ so that you really want zero to do with him. And if you are a Christian, it'll keep you from growing in your faith because you feel like Jesus is just this guy over here and you're trying to do it on your own. No, people who really belong to God realize that they're nothing and they want to boast. They want to glory. They want to get excited about Jesus. So here's the flip side of that. Here's the third thing. So again, to re- repeat the second thing, which is we should be aware of legalism because those who belong to God, make much of Jesus. Here's the flip side of that, which is the third thing. We should be aware of legalism. And again, I keep saying this, we'll make sure you get legalism, thinking that my relationship with God, his love for me depends on what I do or don't do. We should be aware of that because those who really belong to God put no confidence in their own accomplishments. And accomplishments meaning like how, how good a person they are, how moral they are, how, how much they don't sin or how much they try to do good things. The people who really belong to God and get the gospel and get who Jesus is, they put zero confidence in how good they are. Because they realize they're pretty jacked up. They're pretty messed up. I, I'm, a, I'm a pastor's kid. I went to a Bible college. I went to a seminary. I'm fixing to have my doctorate in ministry and stuff. And I'm, am, I shouldn't be shocked, but I'm pretty much daily shocked how messed up I am. And as frustrating as that is, it also encourages me because it drives me towards Jesus to realize, okay, I have no hope in myself. I need to run towards Jesus. I love what Paul says. Because here's the deal. Some of you may be sitting out there and you're like, I don't know, man. I'm a pretty good person. I mean, like you feel like if you went to heaven, Jesus would say, all right, here's, here's the good, here's the bad. You know what? You okay. You okay. Listen to what Paul says. If anyone, so I'm going to finish that verse. It says, we put... Uh, For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. So he's saying, if anybody did want to brag about how religious they are and how, quote, spiritual they are and think that their their good stuff would outweigh their bad stuff, he says, I'm about to tell you what's up. And this may not translate a whole lot to you, but we'll explain it a little bit. He says, I have more, so I'm more spiritual. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, 
Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So to say it simply, he lays out this resume of how, how an incredible, what an amazing spiritual person he was. Paul was the kind of guy, even in our day, that if we were to see him, we'd be like, man, that dude, this is like the most spiritual, church-going, religious person. I'm not sure I've ever seen that boy sin. Like, this dude is, he is for real about his relationship with God. And Paul says, you know what? I, call, I count all that as trash. I'll, in a second, I'll throw all that away. Because you know why? It gets me nothing with God. Because my relationship with God, what I experience from him is not based on what I do or don't do. It's what Jesus already did for me. So he's saying, I, I, I could care less about how good or not good I am or how spiritual I am. I put all my faith, my trust, my hope in Jesus. And he, he says, he talks about, you can see how much Jesus means to him. He says, I, I've discredited everything. I lose everything for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ my Lord. Legalism, again, leads to duty. The gospel following Jesus leads to delight. So Paul says, I could care less about tipping the scale because that means nothing to God. Jesus paid the price for me. He's what matters. Kind of like this, if I could illustrate it this way. How dumb would it be for me if I had the opportunity, let's say it was going to be a, uh, a three-on-three basketball tournament, I don't know, and um, it was going to be me, Steph Curry, and LeBron, all right? If you don't like them, it's okay, but just go with it here. Uh, it's me, Steph Curry, and LeBron versus some other guys, and if I was like, y'all, look, you need to give the ball to me. Because in my fifth grade church basketball league, I was the best player on my team. <laughs> now, I mean, we never, we never will and won one game, but I was the best player on my team. So you don't need to give me the ball. Why would that be stupid? Because my skills compared to their skills are ridiculous, right? Right? My accomplishments compared to them, are, it's silly. And actually, if I get the ball, if, the, like, if I'm the one shooting and dribbling all the time, I'm going to miss out on a victory, right? <laughs> or what, if you had a, what if you had a study group and you were with, um, let's say it was, it was doubles, your partner, and you had the opportunity to be with Albert Einstein, which would be crazy because he's dead, right? But let's just say, let's just say that you could be, if that happens, run, all right? Um, but let's say you get to be with Albert Einstein. How foolish would it be for you to be like, hey, look, look, I know pretty smart and everything, but I got this. Like, you should see this, this science project I did in third grade. That, that thing was sick, right? <laughs> you, you would be a fool. You're, you're going to miss out on what could be an incredible experience. And actually, like, in the end, you're probably going to, you may fail. <laughs> you, you should rely on Albert Einstein if he's going to let you rely on him, right? See, that's how the gospel works. Legalism says, hey, Jesus, uh, I know you, what you did on the cross. I know you're God and everything. You never sinned, but I'm pretty good. So I got this. I got this religious thing. The Bible, Christianity, the gospel says, I'm terrible at life. <laughs> I, 
I have no hope on my own. I'm really sinful. Jesus, you are God. You are perfect. You never sinned. And in spite of how sinful I am, you still love me, love me enough to actually die for me. So Jesus, I'm going to let you be in control. And I'm going to trust in your righteousness, which is a fancy word for meaning what you do, put you, uh, what Jesus did for us, puts us in right relationship with God, how perfect he is. So Jesus, I know I'm not perfect, and, and my, um, uh, and, sorry, I can't think of the word I want to use. Anything I would try to pay to, to be in right relationship with you, it's not even the right currency. It, it's like a foreign country. It's not going to work. So I'm going to trust what you did for me. Here's, here's the point of all of this, what Paul's saying, why legalism is so dangerous. Legalism gives you rules. Jesus gives you rest. Legalism, like Pastor David said Sunday, says do, do all these things. Jesus says, I've already done it for you. Legalism says you need to fear, make sure you're doing everything right. And Jesus says, hey, I'm going to offer you forgiveness. Legalism says, here's a checklist, make sure you do it all right. And Jesus says, hey, here's my checklist. I already did everything. Big chick, right? I think it's interesting. Tonight's Thursday night. Tomorrow's Good Friday. If we could go back about 2,000 years ago, Thursday night was the night that Judas betrayed Jesus. And to make it really simple, the problem was Judas had a wrong perspective of who Jesus was. He misunderstood who Jesus was. The legalist that Paul's talking about had a wrong understanding of Jesus. They felt like, yeah, he's pretty good, but you need to be good too. If you're not a Christian tonight, here's what I want you to understand. Legalism, thinking that your relationship with God is based on what you do or don't do, always leads to destruction. That's what happened to Judas, right? A, a misunderstanding of Jesus and saying, ah, he's just a bunch of rules, I ain't got time for that. It's gonna, that that'll, that'll lead you to destruction. If you are a Christian, a wrong perspective of Jesus will mess you up too. If you're a Christian, if you begin to drift towards legalism, again, Paul says, watch out, look out for it. If you begin to drift towards legalism and think that your relationship with God is based on what you do or don't do, so you're in a good mood if you feel like you did good that day and you feel like God hates you if you, did, if you sinned, legalism for a Christian will lead them towards duty, frustration. Some of you believers in here tonight and, and you don't feel like you have a passion for Jesus. Instead, you have a pride for how good you are. Be careful. Lean towards legalism. We're going we're gonna to sing in a second. We'll, we'll be done here in a few minutes. But I want us to, to stop and pray for a second. Um, and hear me say this before we do. If you're not a Christian, 
You know, we've, we've been doing this, uh, I've been doing this the past couple of weeks now saying this, but I think it's so important. If you're not a Christian, please don't let all the, all the hypocritical, like, rule following you see people that claim to be Christians doing, don't let that keep you from Jesus, who's saying, hey, you don't have to figure it all out, you don't have to be perfect, you don't have to be okay to come to me, you just have to come to me. We add so many stupid things, just like the circumcision sect. We add so many stupid things to religion. And Jesus is saying, hey, hey, come to me. I'm worth it. So as we're singing, um, we're going to have some folks up front. I would love for, for you, if you're not a Christian, to come and say, hey, I want to know more about Jesus. And we'd love to talk with you about that. Or afterwards, talk to me. If you are a Christian, after we pray, and we're singing and responding, I, I want you to, to really ask yourself, are you leaning towards a bunch of rule following and just trying to please Jesus or are you leaning towards resting in Jesus and because you delight in him, your passion is him and you want to tell the people about him. Which way are you leaning? If you, as a Christian, if you feel tired and burnt out in your faith, it's probably because you've, you've started making it more about the rules and not about resting in Jesus. Okay? So I'm going to pray and then uh, the band will come and we'll have a time of response. Jesus, thank you for, for loving us in spite of what we do or don't do. And God, I pray that, Lord, tonight, for those that don't know you, that they would see how good you are and that you were good for them, God. And that if they'll just come to you, they don't have to try to earn righteousness. They can live from righteousness, that you've already made them righteous. Lord, for, for believers in here tonight, I pray that they would um, consider whether or not they've made it more about rules and just trying to be good. And if they've lost their love for you, God, if they've lost their passion for you, I pray that like Paul in this passage, whether we would see that everything is worth giving up if we can, we can walk with you and follow you and know you personally. God, I pray that we would, as we sing this song, we would remember what it means to truly belong to you and that our belonging to you is based on your sacrifice and what you did and the fact that you rose again. So Lord, help us to hear from you and respond to you right now. It's your name we pray. Amen.